Turn with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 6. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 9. But beloved, we are pursued, or sorry, persuaded, better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the Word today. Father, we just thank You for this Word that we've just read. Lord, I just ask that You begin to move and work right now, that You touch the hearts and minds of everyone that's here, begin to open their heart to receive this Word. Lord, prepare the way before I even begin to speak today. I ask that You give me boldness to speak as I ought to speak and say the things I should say. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I titled this message this morning, Where's the Reward? How many of you today could say, honestly, now listen, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. I'm not trying to mark everybody's name down just to make sure you're doing the right thing. But how many of you would honestly say in your heart that you are working and trying to serve God? All right? You know, I'm not talking about just being a Christian. A lot of us are Christians that really aren't doing much. But I'm not here to pick on you today. Those of you that are working and trying to serve God, trying to do what's pleasing in His sight, trying to further the kingdom of God, do you ever get to feeling like, you, you don't know where your reward is from all this work, this, this labor of love that the Scripture just talked about. You ever start to think, man, I've been working, I've been working and working and working, and I don't see anything coming out of it. I don't see any reward for all of this hard work I've put into anything. You ever think like that? Do you ever kind of get a little selfish and you start thinking, God, where's my peace? You know, I look and I see all these other... People that seem to be getting their reward, where's my reward? Well, I'm going to tell you a little difference today in reward and blessings. You see, well, I don't want to get into that right now. We'll get to there in a minute. You know, there was a time when, well, I ain't even going to say, I, ain't, I don't want to say this in a way that makes it sound like I won't ever be there again. I hope I'm not, but there's been times in my life that I've gotten to that point where I'm thinking, God, I've been working awful hard, but I'm not really seeing any benefit from this work. I'm not getting much out of this. You know, I, I kind of, I, it's almost like a pity party. You start feeling sorry for yourself when you compare what you have in terms of what other people have. You look at them and you say, man, this seems like they've got everything together. It seems like every time you turn around, they've got something new. God is just blessing them. 
But see, there is a difference in blessings and reward. The reward that we're working for is not a material reward. It's not something you're going to receive on this earth. It's something that's eternal. You know, the Word, word tells us that we should lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Not on this earth where moth and rust can corrupt it. Things can, can steal it away from you. That's not the kind of reward that you need to be seeking. You know, some people are blessed. You look at Brother Larry right here. Now, I wouldn't single him out if I knew he couldn't handle it. But you look at Brother Larry, at least to me, from my standpoint, I look at him and I say, now that is a man that God has blessed richly. I'm not just talking financial things. You look at his family. He has a wonderful family. Everything about this man, from the outside at least, appears that God has just really blessed him. But you know, if I were to get in the wrong frame of mind and start to, to compare my life to his and start saying, God, why don't I have all that? I've been working hard. I've been doing what you want me to do. Why don't I have what he has? Well, first of all, he's two or three times my age. <laughs> he's worked a lot longer, a lot harder. But you see, those are blessings. God has blessed him for his service. It wasn't something that God owed him. Now, you see the difference now. See, God didn't owe him that. But God owes me something. Not because I require it of Him, but because He promised it to me. But that doesn't come in this life. You see, there's, there's an inheritance waiting on me that God has said is mine. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. You see, He's, he's there working on that for me. It's going to be mine when the time is right. But I don't need to be looking for that reward in this life. We oftentimes confuse the reward that God has promised us with those temporal things of this life. <clears throat> Jeremiah 29 and 11. You've probably heard this before. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So, you you know, sometimes we look at our life, and, you know, a week or two ago, I, I preached to you about trials of your faith. You go through these trials, and you think, man, why is God bringing all this on me? But you see, this Scripture assures you of the proper way you ought to be looking at this. God doesn't wish evil on you. God knows the thoughts He has for you, it says. You can equate that to His plans for you. He knows His plans for you. That they're peace, they're good, not evil. And why? Why does it say He has these, these thoughts and these plans? It says to bring about an expected end. The end that you're expecting, the reward, the eternal thing that's going to come after this life. 
is the end. Salvation of your soul. You see, He has a reward waiting on you. Don't get so hasty to begin to think, i got to have it now. You know, there was a parable about the prodigal son that was kind of along those lines. He said, i got to have it now. And he so infatuated himself with worldly things and the, the treasures that his father had laid up for him that he went and just pretty much devoured them in a short period of time. So you see, <clears throat> this, is, this is how you know God is, is on your side. How God is well, thinking of what's best for you because He knows if He gives you reward now, it'll be gone. He's not, he's not thinking short term. He's thinking all of eternity. See, He knows what's good for you. He, he wants what's good for you. He wants what's best for you. It's hard to change our way of thinking sometimes. It's hard to think in an eternal manner sometimes. Because we get so wrapped up in this life, sometimes we lose sight of how short a time period this is. How many of you ever look back at, at your kids and they're grown and you're like, man, that went by fast. Well, that's just evidence right there of how short this life is. Sometimes it seems like eternity, but it don't even scratch the surface. The next time you start thinking that it feels like God is against you, I want you to remember the scripture we just read. See, He wants what's good for you. And even if you don't have a lot of wonderful things, you may not have a big nice house or a nice new car or those kind of things, but you know you don't have the bills that go along with them either. You see, God may have you where He's at, where you're at, I'm sorry, to teach you a lesson. He may be bringing about something in your life you're not aware of. He may be preparing you for, for a work that you're going to do for Him. I don't know why you're in the circumstances you're in. This doesn't have to do with the message, but stop and consider it may be your own fault that you're in the place you're in. You see, don't, don't always blame God for putting you where you are. Sometimes we pull ourselves into situations we didn't need to be in out of our own either ignorance or stupidity. And I can raise my hand and say, I'm the first one here today that's going to admit I have put myself in those situations. I'm not looking down on anybody. I've put myself there more times than I care to count. A lot of times the same situation. That's how bright I am. And you get there and you say, man, I, this seems awful familiar. I've been here a time or two. Oh yeah, didn't learn that lesson. Didn't slay that giant. You know, there was a reason why David went and cut Goliath's head off. Because that rock didn't do all the work. He wanted to make sure that devil didn't get up again, didn't he? Sometimes those problems we get ourselves into, we need to make sure we slay the giant. Make sure you learn that lesson while you're there so you don't have to go again. You know, I've heard people talk about 
And I, my kids, there's no need to get excited because you probably won't have much of an inheritance. <laughs> but I've heard people talk about how they plan to give their children their inheritance before the parent dies so they can see them enjoy. See them enjoy the, the fruits of their labor all their life. You know, they're not going to take it with them, so they might as well enjoy it now and they can see them enjoy it. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that wonderful to know that you can see your kids enjoy what you had to work so hard for? To know that they didn't have to endure the same kind of things that you did. Now what does that have to do with anything? That inheritance is what those parents laid up for their kids, you see. But that inheritance, if the parent is not careful, can just be sucked away. You know, I mentioned Brother Larry here a while ago, and there's probably several other people here that understand the same thing, that when that stock market hits bottom, everything you thought you had just got cut in half or worse. You know, those, those things you've been storing up, hey, I ain't preaching against saving today, but I'm trying to give you a realization today that the things of this life can be taken away in an instant. You may think you're saving this for, for the future so that when you can retire someday and, and, and just take it easy or so that you can hand it on to your kids and bless them. That's all wonderful, but I tell you what, in a moment, in an instant, Brother Larry will tell you he woke up one morning and gone. He still got a little money, but he ain't got near what he had, and it's out of his control. There ain't nothing he could have done to solve that. It's gone. You can't get it back. So you see the things of this world, they may seem important sometimes, it may seem like that's the thing I need. But that may be the very thing that puts you in a bind. It may be the very thing that causes a problem between you and God. Man, sometimes we think we know what it's all about. We think we have, we know we've sat down and we've wrote up all these numbers. We've figured out the plan. We know the best way to do it. And sure enough, we'll step off into that thing without consulting God, leaning on our own understanding, and that's the very thing that will get us in trouble. Because we're seeking, we're seeking to somehow bless ourselves because we feel like we deserve it. We feel like we, we have earned and we've worked for this. We earned it. It's ours. But you see, that reward that God promised you has nothing to do with this life. It has nothing to do with, with what you're going to do with the next few years of your life. It's all about after this life. You know, you hear people all the time that talk about the things you do have nothing to do with getting to heaven. Well, that's true. It has nothing to do with what I do. It's what God did when He sent His Son to die on the cross. But I'm going to tell you a little secret. There is reward to be gained after the fact. You see, it does matter what you do. 
and how you do it, after you've received Jesus as your Savior, you want a little reward or you want a lot? See, that's what I want to work for. I want to work for that eternal reward. That thing nobody can touch. Nobody can take it away. There ain't nothing anybody in this world can do to snatch that out of His hand because it's mine. He promised it to me. Listen, the Creator of the universe is holding my reward. Not some bank. AIG ain't going to get their hands on it. It's God. He's got it. It's safe and secure. You know, I may live my life here on this earth. I may be poor. They may come tomorrow and take everything I got. I don't know. I hope my wife's been paying the bills. Just have to trust her. I hope she did. You see, I don't know, though. You know, I may pull out of the driveway tomorrow and get hit by a semi-truck. I don't know. I don't worry about it. I don't, I don't hang on to that kind of stuff because it's not important. Yeah, it's nice having nice cars, but you've got to pay for them. It's nice living in nice houses, but you've got to pay for them. Even when you've got to pay it off, you're still going to pay for them. It costs to live in a nice house. It costs to live in a nice house and keep it nice. If God chooses to bless you with that, it's because He knows you're capable of dealing with it. You shouldn't be looking at other people and saying, I sure wish I had what they had. You probably don't want it, I promise you. If you don't have it, there's a reason why God has chosen not to bless you with that just yet. He knows He can't trust you with it. Or He knows you're not ready for it. He knows if He were to give you that right now, it'd cause problems. Maybe not for just you, but maybe between you and Him. A lot of times we elevate those things to this status that puts them above God. I'm going to read you one more scripture today. You've heard it many times, Romans 8 and 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. You know, people like to leave that last part out sometimes. They want to just say all things work together for good. But there's a few stipulations there, ain't there? To them that love God. Not to them that God loves. To them that love God. You see, God doesn't wish anybody would perish. He loves all of us. But it requires our love to Him before things are going to work together for good. It says, to them who are, called, who are the called according to His purpose. Does that mean only preachers and evangelists and missionaries can expect this? No. What does the called mean? The called means those that have been called into His marvelous life. Those that are Christians. Those that have been saved. Those that are called according to His purpose. You see, my purpose as a Christian is not to further my, my material wealth. See, I don't see no big diamond rings and fancy watches on me. My purpose is not to further myself and my family. My purpose should be 
to further the kingdom of God. You see, if I'm called according to His purpose, and I love Him, then everything that may seem bad in my life, God will use it for my good. He will make those things work together. Have y'all ever seen an example of that in your life? Have y'all ever seen situations that, man, just seem like you're destitute? It just I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And all of a sudden, God will not only pull you out, but He will use those circumstances to bring about blessing in your life. That amazes me every time I see it. I don't know how to explain it because His ways are higher than my ways. He sees things that are coming, I don't even know we're there. But you see, when you're focused on Him, you're not concerned about this, this little material world we have here. And who's going to get the next best TV? And, and who, well, somebody just got a new car. Oh man, look at that, ain't that nice? You're not concerned about that stuff. You're, you're focused on Him. Wondering what it is He called you to do and the purpose He has for your life. That's when He's going to take those bad things that you may have been living with for a few years. And He's going to turn them around. He's going to say, okay, now I see you're on the right track. He's going to pull them all together and make good come out of it. Only God can do that. Only God can take those terrible situations and use it to bless you. You know, I had a what some people like to call a paradigm shift several years back. And what that is is when you change your perspective. You change your point of view on a situation. And I ain't going to go into the long story, but basically what happened is there was a bad situation that came about and I decided at that point, instead of me sitting here saying, Oh God, why? Why are you allowing this to happen? I said, God, I understand it. It seems terrible, but right now, instead of me questioning you why, I'm just going to give you praise. Because I know for somehow, some way, because of what your Word says, listen, this is key, people. You know what His Word says. I just read it to you. To them that love God, that are the called according to His purpose, when you stand on that promise and you know, I fit the bill. That's where I'm at right now. I'm doing my best to serve you. In the spite of those circumstances, you can say, God, I don't care what it looks like, I'm going to give you praise. Because I know what Your Word says, and Your Word says, You're going to bring good out of this. Do you know, before the day was over, I saw the good. That don't always happen. But God used that to teach me. When I'm in those situations, instead of saying, Oh God, why? I should be saying, What? I should be saying, God, what are you going to do in this? What's the good you're going to bring out of this? I can't wait to see it. You see, when we live a life of expectation, of seeing what God's going to do, we can have something to look forward to. We don't have to dwell on the little petty things. We don't have to dwell in that horrible pit because the Word says over in, in uh, Proverbs 40 and 1 and through 3 that He's going to pull us out of that pit. He'll set us on a solid rock. 
and establish our goings. So you see, when those terrible things come about, don't be worried about, God, where's my reward? Worry about, God, how are you going to bring good out of this? I can't wait to see it. Because, listen, all it is, when it's said and done, if you were to say, God, why? You don't have anything good to say after the fact, do you? But when you say, oh God, I can't wait to see. I'm going to praise you anyway because I know you're doing something right now. You see, that's how, you have that paradigm shift. You change your way of thinking. You say, God, this must be coming because you plan to do something good. Then, when it's all over, it's said and done, you've got a testimony. You see, you can say, look, this is how God blessed me. It looked bad. It looked expensive. But God blessed me through it. See, He doesn't mean harm for you. So don't go ask God, why, God, are you allowing this to happen? He didn't mean to hurt you. He means good for you. When you change your way of thinking, you know, sometimes you have to, you're standing here looking at God, sometimes you have to take a step back off to the side and look at yourself to see what's really going on. We get so caught up in ourselves, and we focus on how we feel about the situation. Feelings won't do nothing but bring about sadness and sorrow, I promise you. You think you've got a good feeling about something, that won't last a minute or two. But when you are standing on the solid rock, you got something eternal. Man, this all sounds cliched, don't it? Yeah, I've heard this all my life. I'm going to challenge you today. Y'all listen to me. You go home and you find you a scripture that has meant something to you over the past few years. And I want you to, the next time that something comes up, I want you to say, no, I'm going to stand on what God's Word says. I'm going to see what will happen. You, you, you prove God. Try Him. You know, you read over Malachi chapter 3, you'll see that, and I ain't a big, I'm not one to preach on tithes, really. Because I feel like either you're going to do it or you're not. But sometimes I want you to understand what God's promised. And over in Malachi 3, He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He said, try me in this. See that I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. You see, God is not afraid of you trying Him. I'm afraid sometimes of somebody to try me because I, I have inadequacies. I'm afraid I might fall short. God ain't afraid, I can promise you. You, you try Him. You see, and look, you may have to hang in there more in a day. All right? Don't think just because you didn't hear from God all of a sudden and you showed up at home and there was a wad of money laying on the couch. Wait, don't, don't expect that to happen. But listen, expect. It's okay to expect. Expect to see God move in your life. God wouldn't put it in His Word and ask you to try Him if He wasn't willing to fulfill what His Word says. You find you a Scripture and you stand on it. Listen, it ain't got to apply to 
the one thing you're going through. Don't, don't look at the Bible like it's some kind of manual. And, okay, well, I'm having a problem with money, so let's turn over here to the table of contents, section 3, money. That's where I need to be. That ain't the way it works. You find something that just, it just ministers to your spirit. It may not mean anything about what you're going through. But I guarantee you, you begin to quote that Scripture. You begin to stand on it. One of my favorites is Psalms 27. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's okay to put some feeling in it. Did you hear what it said? Yeah. Who shall I be afraid of? It said, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. See, that ain't got nothing to do with my financial situation. But it encourages me when I can stand on the Word of God. It encourages me. It lifts me up. It lets me know that He is still in control. Even though people banging on my door wanting the keys to my car, God is in control. I still got feet to walk to work. I still got a hand to stick out and get a ride from somebody. You see? It's all about your perspective. When you focus on the material things of this world, man, they can be gone like that. You may wake up tomorrow and your house is on fire. And you're lucky to escape with your life. Everything's gone, man. What are you going to do when you're in that situation? Who, where are you going to turn? You think the bank's going to give you a loan to build a new house right now? No, man. They ain't writing checks to everybody that goes to them. But I guarantee you, you put it in the hands of God. Over in 2 Timothy, I told you this before. I'm, I, one of these days, y'all going to remember this stuff and you're going to hang on to it. I won't have to keep repeating myself. Over in 2 Timothy, he's, what does he say? He says, For I know whom I have believed in. I am persuaded that He is able. I'm not able. He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. See, you put it in God's hands and you're persuaded He's able to handle it. Walk away. Do what you got to do then. Take care of business. You ain't got to sit there and worry. How's this all going to work out? I don't know what I'm going to do, man. And you know, I owe a thousand dollars this week, but I only make five hundred. What am I going to do? Put it in God's hands. Don't worry about it. You pay what you can and you go on. God can take that. Listen, man, I know I'm just wearing y'all out on this today. But y'all listen to me. This is a testimony. There was a time, it ain't been that long ago, and there was a time. I was late on my car payment. I mean, late. Late. I ain't talking a week. <laughs> We're behind. They told me, if we don't have a payment by Monday, we're coming to get it. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have it. I don't have it. Simple as that. I mean, look, they can't give me no advance at work. 
I'm in a tough situation. I don't have the money to pay for it. I'm two or three months behind. Come Monday, I didn't have it. Man, I'm, I'm sweating bullets. i got to have a way to work. I don't want to be one of them people that is, you know, bankrupt and always getting your cars. To, I don't want to be one of them people you see on TV where the repo man shows up. Everybody's coming out on their porch looking at you. Oh, man, did y'all see him? I don't want to be one of them people. What am I going to do? Well, do you know the next day I got the money? And do you know when I called them? This is Tuesday. They said Monday was the deadline. You know when I called them, I said, hey, I can make a payment. They said, okay. So I made the payment, and they ain't really said anything. I said, so does that mean y'all are not going to come get the car? Oh, no, you're fine, Mr. Alfred. you got a payment in. I'm like, wait a minute, y'all said Monday. <laughs> you, see, you see, man's limitations don't have anything to do with God. Do you know during that time God was working on me about paying my tithes? Do you know during that time God was making me stretch in my faith? And He said, look, it don't matter what man is telling you. You believe in me. What does my word say? His word said that he would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that I couldn't contain. But you know, in my little feeble mind, I'm sitting there thinking, they said Monday. I ain't got the money come Monday at midnight. What am I going to do? They're coming to get it. But God knew. You see... When you're dependent on God, it don't matter what man says. It don't matter where and how it all comes about. You're believing that He can bring it about. He can. This is what God, the realization that God gave me through this. God can make a door where there never was a door. You know, we've always heard that He can open doors no man can open. And He can close doors that no man can shut. But I never understood that He could just make a door over here. But see, God is the master carpenter. He knows how to frame it up. He knows how to put the door handle on it the right way, not backwards like me. Put the lock on the outside. That's just how good how good God is.